0: The key to unlocking the world's most significant scientific advances. Subscribe today at go.nature.com slash plus.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices In this show, we're going to bring you nature's take on the latest COVID 19 developments. And we'll be speaking to experts around the world about research during the pandemic.
2: We're entering a new era now. We have new COVID strategies, there's some new unknowns, and we've got a vaccine.
1: Hello and welcome to Coronapod. I'm Noah Baker and joining me this week all the way from Australia is senior reporter Smriti Malapati. Smriti, how are you? Hi,
2: Noah, I'm good, thanks. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm okay. So this week we're going to talk about young people. And I think I wanted to start with the headline of the story that you've published about this this week, which is, will COVID become a disease of the young? So up until now, certainly severe COVID has been much more common among older people. I'm interested in the kind of decision making that went on surrounding you writing the story. When you were talking with your editors and thinking I might report out this story, what was the thought process behind that?
2: Yeah, so I've actually been sitting on this story for months. I think the editors were really wondering whether the vaccination programs in some countries would lead to a shift in age trends of infections, and what that could mean for the pandemic. And for the longest time, I don't know whether we had that much data to really show this trend. But now that more countries, you know, they've rolled out their vaccine campaigns, you can start to see the shift in the trends in the age patterns of infection. And then there were a few changes that happened in Israel. And that was like an impetus to say, okay, maybe now is the time that we can write this story.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think that Israel example is one I want to get into. So it's one of the kind of lead case studies throughout your story Tell me why Israel? What was it about what's going on there that kind of piqued your attention when you're thinking about these kind of changing demographics of of COVID infection?
2: Yeah, so I mean, Israel has vaccinated a large proportion of its population, maybe up to like 85% of its adult population with the Pfizer vaccine. And so they are a useful case study to see, you know, what the impacts of the vaccine could be. And for a long time, the vaccines really worked to control the pandemic. And and it got to the stage where they only had maybe a dozen or so infections a day. And then around mid-June, they saw an uptick in infections. And it started going up towards, you know, maybe 100 a day. But what was different this time in this outbreak was that the majority of the cases so more than 50 percent of the cases were in kids that were under 16 years old which was different from previously once the government saw this change they revised their recommendation for vaccinations and decided to recommend it for all individuals aged 12 to 15. I mean, there's also the element of variants. They have found the Delta variant in Israel. So there's there's that to add to the picture. And the outbreaks have largely happened in in environments where there are more kids, so in schools or in home settings. But that was an interesting shift in the numbers. And it's not something that's specific to Israel. We're seeing similar trends elsewhere as well.
1: So I guess the really key question here is... How important is that? Because, you know, the reason that vaccines have been targeted in this way, in most places, I should say, not in all places, there are other countries that have had different approaches, Indonesia springs to mind. But in the large part, countries have vaccinated sort of with risk first, with the view to the people that are younger are not likely to be suffering with severe disease. And perhaps that's not the priority to vaccinate those people. And so, is it a problem that you might have a spike in cases amongst young people?
2: I think you're exactly right. It's not surprising, especially when it's happening in countries that started to vaccinate older people first. And what we're seeing is not that more kids are getting infected. In these countries, absolute numbers are largely going down. It's just that of those people who are getting infected, a larger proportion of them are younger. The distribution is trending downwards. Now, what that means for the pandemic and how big of a problem it is, is really hard to pinpoint. So the researchers I spoke to, a lot of them said the focus so far in the pandemic has not been on kids, because most of the severe disease is in adults. And so this trend spurred some of these researchers to start doing more research into what the burden of disease is in kids, because we don't really know that much because of that focus earlier on in the pandemic. And then also, we still don't know that much about the role that kids can play in spreading the disease, so in transmission. And so one of the Israeli researchers I spoke to said that it was really important to understand this because what the situation in Israel highlighted is that kids can, in a setting like Israel, drive transmission And so that's a really important thing to consider. And that was kind of what motivated the government to make that recommendation to expand vaccinations to younger kids.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, we've mentioned on Coronapod before, when we've talked about Dalis and qualies, the sort of sense that young people are not at very high risk is largely based on the fact the mortality rate for people that are younger that get infected is very, very low. But if you start to look at things like disability, you know, long COVID pops up, then that picture might be a bit different. But we just don't have very much data about long COVID more broadly, but also just specifically about young people because they haven't been the focus because they haven't seemed to be those that are most at risk, certainly of the immediate risk of, of death or severe disease.
2: Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of one of the main points that a lot of researchers I spoke to said is that now that we're seeing some of these trends we really need to start studying kids a little bit more. I mean, there's also the question about whether or not to vaccinate children. I mean, Israel has made that decision for over 12-year-olds, but in some countries that debate is still happening and the answer is still not that easy. You know, there's still the global context to consider and and many researchers pointed out that kids are getting less severe disease And there are adults who are at high risk groups in many countries who haven't been able to access the vaccines and we're in this together. So it's a tricky decision to make.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And of course, there are many cases where vaccine trials did not include children below a certain age as well. And so those trials are very quickly being done. So even if you decided that vaccinating children was necessary, understanding the correct dosing, you know, working out how those protocols should work, requires work to be done
2: yeah especially when you're considering the risk to kids so the risk of severe disease and death is low and so the safety of the vaccines and how kids will respond to them is probably more important to look at i mean some researchers did say that this shift that we're seeing in some countries you know it might be short-lived it might just be a phenomenon that we're seeing now but then variants could emerge that change that scenario or countries that do decide to vaccinate younger you could start seeing a shift in that trend. So it's not necessarily that this is a permanent change.
1: And we do know as well that there have been early studies that came out, you know, at the end of last year, even, that suggested that perhaps young people, kids in particular, their immune systems are just better at dealing with SARS-CoV-2. There were studies that showed that kids maybe developed symptoms and developed antibodies, but they never tested positive with a PCR test because they seem to be dealing with the virus so quickly that they couldn't find any RNA in their systems. And so, you know, it's possible that maybe even if there is a kind of a wave of infection among young people, that they might build some kind of natural protection to this quickly as well, which could also sort of tamp that wave down quickly you know these are all just kind of questions we don't know the answers to yet
2: yeah we know kids get infected there are a large number of kids that have gotten infected for example in the united states we know that they have less severe disease we don't know all things being equal if a child is infected how likely are they to infect others compared to adults there are so many open questions there
1: So what are you expecting to see in the next months going forward? Because, you know, there are these big questions about ethically, should we be vaccinating children, but also ethically, should we be giving vaccines to young people that may be at low risk when there are plenty of people around the world that need those precious doses that are much more vulnerable that have not yet had a single jab? What is your kind of sense of how this kind of debate might develop going forward?
2: So I think the thing to watch is the variants, So far, most of the researchers I've spoken to have said that we're not seeing variants, that all things being equal are causing more severe disease in kids. But if we were to see changes like that, I think the calculations would end up being very different. I mean, we are seeing more transmissible variants, and that's already a factor when you see that kids can play a role in transmission. So I think it'll be just really interesting to see what happens with variants in children going forward, and that will inform a lot of the decisions that are made.
1: Yeah, I mean, even in this country, there's a lot of talk about third shot boosters that will be happening by the end of the year for people that are at risk. And we haven't given first shots to a lot of young people yet. But different countries will take different views. So maybe data will gradually be built based on different public health policies in different places, as it has in Israel.
2: Yeah, it's a mixed picture. And I think, yeah, it'll probably continue to be so.
1: As it always seems to be, another one to watch. But for now, thank you so much, Sprinti. This is really fascinating and I hope you have a lovely day.
2: Yeah, thanks. You
0: too. Deep dive into the world of science with Nature Plus. From the vastness of the distant star systems to the intricacies of infectious diseases due to climate change, we've got you covered. Enjoy access to over 55 cutting-edge journals, breaking scientific news and over 1,000 new articles every month. Whether you're a seasoned researcher or just curious, Nature Plus simplifies complex studies. Plus, it's all available right at your fingertips on Nature.com. Nature Plus, the key to unlocking the world's most significant scientific advances. Subscribe today at go.nature.com plus.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer.